It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Eighth, Thing really, so other than a little quick preview of game three, right? There won't be anything else, there won't be any NBA to talk about today, so later on we'll do that. But you know, with the NBA kind of slowly petering out here at the end, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, you know, we'll do a little bit later on with the Rangers and the Lightning, uh, game four that took place last night. We'll take a look at that, but the Avalanche have already advanced, that series is over. Oh, you got the Rangers and the Lightning, and so far, I got a 
Yes. So, you know, we're kind of leading ourselves off at the beginning of NHL, and we love doing a little baseball, we love doing some more other things like golf, or maybe even tennis, or something like that, and, fo- and football will be coming back. So, um, so we'll be, so today we're going to be some player on the show. It's been a long time since we had a show like this, and we didn't really talk about basketball, we love hockey. We don't do a lot of hockey, but we've been doing a little bit more of it lately. Um, today we're going to be a lot of baseball, and we're going to do a little bit of golf. So, it's kind of interesting flavor today here on the show, so, so it's a little bit different here, different feel today here on this Wednesday, and again, this has been a busy week because of popular stuff, the NHL and the NBA playoffs, you know, we got this baseball stuff, we got a very active baseball news week, and then you got, yeah, a little bit of NFL stuff early, which is happening on Monday, and now you got all this golf stuff, which is just exploding, between the PGA and the LIV, which is I don't think people realize, you know, because for the last six, seven, eight months, more and more people have been hearing about, you know, potential players jumping from the PGA Tour to this new league, and golf creations, and all this talk, and a little bit of things happening to kind of spark that has wanted maybe four players, maybe a little bit more attention. And now it's really becoming something, I'm not sure so many people kind of even realize how big this could potentially get, and it's just now realizing. We're going to talk today about the future of golf, the NPGA Tour, what it has to do, what, what's next, where are we going, what, what does all this mean? There's so much to get into here, and something we're going to be probably talking about in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, maybe years. It's a big, big story. It's potentially one of the biggest stories in sports, one of the biggest stories ever. And it, it, it just defines what, what happens with golf. Every sport goes through an evolution. Every sport does. Every, usually every couple of years, right? Some sports be the same way 20, 30, 40 years. Golf's been very fortunate that the only evolution that has undergone in the last 20, 30 years is the, the, the evolution is run on by Tiger. And that was more of a style of play kind of evolution. This is, this is what's going on right now is a complete change of the whole structure of what golf is in terms of how the business works. And golf hasn't had to deal with that. And now they're going to have to deal with that. And it's something that's going to rock this sports course. Because you all sat here a week ago with me when I said, you know, after Joe Girardi, I said, I see any other managers being asked. You know, again, it's very rare to see managers fired in season. Very rare. Now, we had two in the last week. And one of the managers, as far as yesterday, Joe Mann, is considered one of the best in the game. Now, some people are critical because they think he's very unwatched by sometimes there's certain things, but he's very well invested in the game because he has a great run at Tampa Bay, which is what his managerial run started. Remember, he started his career with the Angels. He, most of his time, he's playing his career, most of his career with the Angels. Then he moved on, and he was a coach with the Angels, he had a World Series team, went on to become the manager of the Tampa Bay Rays, had nine, ten great years there, went on to put back to come, and obviously, that's what he was Perfect style, right? The perfect style. He's going back home. 
have what is the right call to fire Joe Brandon? What does this mean having Joe Girardi and Joe Brandon sort of like a weaker weaker term? On the fact that Joe's will have Joe's or Mavs will have a bad week. Um, now what's the future of Mavs? Now could be someone like Joe Girardi. Now if you think there's a weak kind of baseball or managerial decisions will be made quicker, we do not have to be so keen about waiting until the season goes. We've seen the NFL coaches go get fired in two years. That's why they don't get in the NBA. It was, it was, it was their pitching. 
Not just their stars, but their bullpen. Look at the arms they have coming out of their bullpen. Look at the stars. They have power pitchers, they have power arms in the bullpen. And, and, they, and, and again, you know, they had hitters, but they were very well built. Too. They had speed, they had athleticism. That analytics hurt them in a lot of ways, probably hurt a lot of teams. But they started going down to them before analytics became what they are now. You know, and ultimately, you know, then they let go of my shows because they started changing the identity of the team. They started becoming a lot like other teams. They started losing what they were, which is this great, this, this resourceful, crappy, you know, just solid, fundamentally sound team. When you thought of fundamentally sound teams in the early 2000s, you thought about the Angels. They were the next level up from the Minnesota Twins because they got the job done. And one was they were perennial playoff favorites. They were always a team you looked at and thought could go to the World Series. But they hit for average. They hit for contact. They dropped runners in. They stole bases. They took the extra base. They were great defensively. You know, they, and they could pitch. At the heart of it, they could pitch. Gritty, gutty guys like John Lackey. You know what I mean? That's what they had. Frankie Rodriguez in the bullpen. That's the Angels. That was their identity. You lost your identity, and you didn't really have, they didn't really know what they wanted to be next. You know, they didn't know if they wanted to be an offensive team. They didn't know if they wanted to be an analytic team. They didn't know what they wanted to be. And I don't think they still do. They're a mismatch of, of, of guys. They can't form, they can't just pull these teams together. But what they did realize is, oh, we need pitching. Well, okay, we need pitching. But we also need an identity. We need to form the team in a way that, that you know, every team has an identity. Every team knows what they want to be. What do you want to set up? What are you going to be? What kind of style of play do you Okay, we're doing analytics. Yeah, but what are you? What are you? You know, the Yankees, you know, you look at the New York Yankees. You know, they decided that they were going to maximize on pitching and defense, but at the heart of it, their main thing is that they're power hitters. Oh, we're playing Yankees too, but that's a short course and right. All right, well, we're going to build ourselves around that. You know, Fox and Red Sox build themselves in our offense. You know, Tampa Bay, uh, pitching and defense. You know, and we'll have a couple guys that love that can hit home runs, and we can make that work. Toronto. They don't know what they want to be. It's, it's fine to go get the, uh, some good players and put them out there, but what are you trying to be? What are you trying to put yourself together to be? And the Angels don't really know what they want to be. And I think that's problematic. Now, they did some good things this year. They went out and they got some arms from the back end of the bullpen. They went out and got a guy like Noah Syndergaard. They made some improvements. The problem is, okay, you go get Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard is, is, is an injury prone player. You already have that in, in you know, shape. He's also a guy that gets hurt a lot. The two most reliable arms are guys that get hurt a lot. You don't have any inning speeders in that starting rotation. Look at the Mets, for example. Now, you look at the, the two top starters now, Max Serzer and Jacob DeGuard. I'll pop it on here and there, right? But, so that's, you know, you look at them, oh, that's a problem. But look what they did. Everybody out of their pitching rotation. Bassett, Walker, Carrasco. They are innings eaters. They might not always give you a great 10 strikeout start, but they're innings eaters. They give you innings and you know what you're going to get with them and they're durable. So that, okay, you lose our top starter. We have a couple guys here that can at least keep us in the game and do some things for us and also give us innings. And that's what helped it help them keep the ship afloat and actually propel them to the best record in the National League to this point, despite the fact they lost their two best starters. That's what you got to look at. When you're building a picking rotation, you can have your top arms. Even if those top arms are risky and they have potential risk of injury, if you have other guys in the rotation 
Mm-hmm. Not all of them are reliable, and you know what you're going to get from every single game. Maybe it's not always pretty, maybe they take to a four ERA, but you know what you're going to get. You need those kind of arms. And the Angels don't have that. Okay, send the guy on time to be your top two. Okay, fine. Where do you go after that? They remind me a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they keep going down on offense. They don't need the offense. This team can score. Now, I know they haven't shown that a lot during this, this upcoming, this last couple weeks. But eventually, that will work until everything goes to slump. They have enough offense. To score. They, you know, they got Rendon. They got Trout. They got They got offense. You need pitching. And that's been the problem. And that's the reason why they went out. That's really the biggest reason. Now, sometimes the man sitting there as a manager is not the move. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you need to do that. Say, look, sometimes, look, I, we've seen this time and time again. Oh, you need a new voice. You know, sometimes the manager always is the manager always seems to be escaping. That's the first thing you do. You think about the coach first. And then sometimes you go, all right, we're going to go with the general manager because we want to start getting rid of the roster, keep people off the roster because, you know, we'd rather, we'd rather go ahead and general manager make decisions instead of what we're going to get. You know, that's kind of the process, right? But sometimes the manager is not the answer. Sometimes the roster is just a mess. And I think with the Phillies, that's a big part of it. Talk about that. Because I mean, that's the wrong thing. You gave Joe Girard a couple years. You feel like you need a new voice before you make those rosters. That's fine. But I think that we all know at the heart of it is that they, they have a bad roster. And they only have enough pitching either. So it's kind of something they care in, in, in relation with the uh, Angels. Now, is, is, is that the same case here with the Angels? Is it more the roster? I think it is. Thinks he clearly thinks it was wrong. He said he didn't take the they didn't take the coaches and the players into account with this and they didn't take their feelings into account with this. But it's a business and I know what it is and I understand. And he gave up. I think he's right. I don't think he deserved to be fired there. I think he deserved to be fired less than Gerard. We Gerard had a couple years. You're gonna say, well, Joe Man had a couple years. He did. He did. But nowhere in these but, but he did. But you look at this from the standpoint of this is the first year that Joe Man Yeah, I mean, you think Bryce Harper broke some of the stuff to say that him already. So, you know, I can understand that Gerard at one point, I don't think that was, the, you know, I don't think everyone said anything he had to do. And it wasn't the reason, the, the management wasn't in there in, in, the, in the 
always the only reason they're going to stop running. But I can understand why they want to With Madden, I think it's too quick a hook. You're in the middle of a bad I get it. You know, you feel like you can hype this year up as a big year. The fan base is starting to turn on you. You feel like you have to do something. The team is sitting out of control. You don't know what else to do. You can't really make trades. The trade market hasn't developed. You know, it's the same thing that the Phillies thought. You know, hey, nothing, there's not really much else they can do up to try to get a spark other than fire the manager because they don't really have anything in the minor league that's going to help us. You know, there's nothing really they can do with the roster. The trade market's not there. And, and, and you don't even know if you be able to make a trade. So you're kind of, your hands are kind of tied. And I think that's my, and, and, and you know, look, the guy that's taking over for Joe, Phil Nevin, former Yankee called, uh, um, who just told me got? Joe's a long way back, more casual. Those very players, and maybe that's what they want. They, they want somebody more player and kind of light a player on this team. Maybe that's what that's their part of. You also have a GM there that's only been there for, what, the second year? So maybe, you know, this was a case of, hey, you know, I came in and Joe was already here. You know, it's one of those things where maybe he's like, you know what, I'm going to work out. I wasn't going to make any kind of decision like this, but it's come to the point now where I feel like I have to do something here, get my hands around this team, and start getting this where I want it to go. I've been able to make roster decisions. He obviously was very aggressive this offseason. But maybe if you're like, hey, you know what, these just, you know, these things aren't going hand in hand anymore. There's a disconnect. we got to start to make some significant changes, so let's go. Let's just do it now. Crazy about Otani and they're both very good players. And Otani is a special talent. I've, I've, I've said on the show numerous times that baseball needs to be all about promoting him and, 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 and highlighting him as much as possible. But here's the thing I'm sorry. You can only go so far with both these guys. I don't want to hear about how many MVPs Mike Trout has. I don't want to hear about how many playoff appearances, how many championships he has. This guy could be the face of baseball. You, you, you barely see the guy. Nobody even knows the guy. Why do you want to scream at somebody like Mike Trout? I get West Coast. We've had stars in baseball on the West Coast before. Remember Ken Griffey Jr.? People knew who he was. And man, the game was at 10 o'clock. He knew who he was. The problem is, this guy is quiet. He doesn't, he's nowhere to be found. He doesn't market himself. He doesn't help market the game. He's pretty much a fan of a ghost. And he can't stay on the field every year. We start, you know, we start off the year. He's there in April. He's there in May. He gets to June. All of a sudden, something happens. You don't see the guy for well, a huge chunk. You know, August, September, and you see him at the end, sometimes he doesn't. But usually when he comes back, it's beyond the point of caring because the team's so far out of the playoffs, you don't even care if you don't even see him. He is a great player. Is he the best player? I'm sorry. I have never thought Mike Trout was the best player in baseball. Never have. He's got the best shot in tools. He could be, but he's not. he's never been that kind of guy for me because I don't see him do things when the pressure is at their most. Yeah, you're right. So that doesn't matter. Numbers, numbers. Yeah, you're right. 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 Yeah, you're right.
like numbers are numbers. Or with every game, you need every game matters to the point where you have to go out there and try to win every game. There's a different feel to going out there and playing on that field, swinging that bat, and catching that ball. When you feel like the whole world's on your shoulders, that to me is what I need to see from Mike Trout. Until I see that, I can't call him the best player in baseball. I can't. Unless I know Ohio. What Ohio does is special. He's special. When you look at the numbers, and maybe if he But if you look at his pitching numbers and his hand, I mean, that's, that's, there's nothing special. We got, we got a million players in baseball that can probably try to know And I'm sorry, every time O'Connor takes a big spot, he blows it. He did it at Yankee Stadium again last week, he blew it. He had a good start at Yankee Stadium, he's been, tr- he's been terrible on both. That should be against other oh, good teams in the struggle. Again, it's the same thing. Great that you're a great two way player. You're very unique. He's a, he is talented. He's a very special player. But until I see him in a big spot, either get a big home run or a big hit, or do that routinely in pressure-filled situations, and as a pitcher, call big and big starts in pressure situations, until I see that, he's very limited, and it's very limited in how you can praise him and like him, I think. Because until you see him do it on the biggest stages, it, 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 it hurts who he is, it hurts how big he can be. The same with Mike Trout, until you see that on the biggest big he can be. And mainstream, uh, the mainstream fans don't care. They won't care. They only care so much. Because they're going to look at them and say, oh, they don't do it in big situations, so why should I care? The guy out there, they're all going to great player. But the average fan that tunes in ain't going to care. Now, if I'm an Angel fan, uh, obviously you worry about my crowd. And you guys who actually go Tommy healthy and you got the pitching to worry about. There's a lot of things to worry about. And and firing Joe Madden doesn't change those things. Doesn't, it doesn't do anything, really. And that's the problem. It's not the same thing with the Phillies, right? Firing the Madden don't change your roster. Firing the Madden doesn't make the players hit more home runs or play better on defense or pitch better or whatever. It doesn't change that. They have to, you know, some, now sometimes that can do that. New boys can do that. Alright, so maybe there is something to that. We won't know what the angels until you know we'll, we'll see how it plays out in a couple weeks. But at the end of the day, this young guy that again two weeks ago this team was ten games over five hundred. The Phillies were struggling all year. The angels weren't. They were just going through a bad spot. So you're gonna sit there and look at this and go, all of a sudden this team turned out to Joe Madden need a new voice. You can Girardi, you can buy. Oh well, you know, in the last couple of you know, the he's been there for a couple of years, things are it has been bad all year. It's a little bit different with Gerard with Girardi. With with Joe Madden, the team was doing very well until two weeks ago. That's why I just don't think this was right, because this was too quick up loss. And I'm stunned, stunned, stunned that they made they they fired the the way that they did it. Because of how good, especially of how good they started the year. Now, I know Joe Madison Rumble Fellas do that in Chicago. He can't have issues with front office, and I know that. But it didn't seem like he had issues right now with the Angel front office. He was using a lot of problems now, man. He never had to do this. He didn't do this. 
I don't, I don't, I, I, there is a part of that kind of struggle with this, and I wonder how much of this was, you know, as a general manager, you open this door here, you look at this, and you know, you're getting off, you know, unlike other GM performance games, I'm getting a little more autonomy, I'm getting a little more leash to be able to make moves, make decisions. I wonder how much this was, oh, I saw what, I saw what the Phillies did last week, and it seemed like things were getting better, and they thought, well, maybe this Monkey doing. If that's the case, and that's a very poor decision. You don't follow everybody else. You gotta make decisions that fit your team. It's just hard for me to buy that they thought at this moment, based on the way the season had gone, I was starting to worry as now that this was going to be rocked about. So I, I don't think this was a good decision. I think they could have waited. Hell, I know you don't want to salvage the season, but you don't also want to make a misguided move. And I think this is a misguided move in the long term. Unless you already thought going into this year that you're like, ah, oh, you know what, I don't know how long I'm going to stick with Joe. We already saw signs we don't, some things we don't like, maybe you want to make a decision, you're like, ah, oh, you know what, we're already thinking about getting rid of him anyway, so why not just do it now? If that's the case, that's a little bit different. But if Joe Madden was your long-term long-term guy, and you got rid of him just because you're going through a 12, 13 game losing streak at the start of the year in first place, to me that's just a, a too rational move. And I wonder if that's what they did. I wonder if a lot of it was doing. I don't know. We saw the Phillies do what they did last week, and it seemed to spark them. Especially since the Angels played them last week. And I even said this. Don't go crazy about the Phillies because they were playing a very, a real Angels team last weekend. It was already strong all the way. So if the Angels had a front row seat to the Phillies, all of a sudden waking up when Joe Girardi got fired, I wonder if that is what did it. I wonder if they just said, oh, you know what? Thing because otherwise, I don't know what else we can do. And it's a lazy thing to do, but I wonder if that's why they did it. Because again, you don't see managers players in season in Major League Baseball, not like this. Not that often, very rare. Very rare. I told you all that about last week. And the fact that two of them have followed each other within a week of each other, and what happened? They played each other. Then it cut out of the blue like, like, like it did, right? Now, is this a start? The, the question here is this. Obviously, you all know I feel like it wasn't the right call. I don't, I don't think it's really going to help the Angels more. So I, I really don't feel good about the Angels at all. I think they might not be, I think there's going to be another failure here for them. Which would be shocking given they have yet some wild And you know, obviously, a lot of it's going to See what they do at the deadline. Clearly, they've been aggressive in the offseason. They were very aggressive in the player demand, so I figured they'd be aggressive at the deadline. But we'll see. But clearly, I don't feel like that was the right decision. So, what, what's the future like here? Where, you know, where, where do we go from here? Well, I already told you with the Angels, I don't feel good about what's going to happen there. I don't know where they go in the long term. Do they go? There's some people that think they might go higher Joe Girardi. And there's some people that think the Phillies might go on to Joe Mann because Joe that you can win now with. And he might be able to easy, calm, composed guy, kind of the opposite of Girardi. You know, both teams, if they do it in New Boys, you know, a lot of times when you, when you run a New Boys, you go with the complete opposite of the guy you just left. Joe Girardi and Joe Madden are the opposite. Joe Madden 
is very relaxed and composed. So those drivers are more stringent and more rigid. So you can almost see both teams trade, you know, trading managers. They can not know that what they do that in season out. I mean, you don't see Byron's in season that much. Maybe they would do it in season. But Buck Showalter got hired in season to the Baltimore Orioles in July, you know, years ago. So I guess it's possible. But it did seem like both teams were content to keep the interim managers the rest of the year. And then make decisions. So we'll see what happens here. Now, was it surprising to see Gilardi and Anaheim in LA and um, Madden and Philly? No. And you all, I, 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 you all heard me say last week, I, I did not believe any more managers were on the hot seat as far as the season goes. This surprised me, obviously. But I said, if there's any, if there's any other manager that maybe could potentially end up in, in a spot like Gilardi's, it was Tony Russo. Because the White Sox were underachieving, they were in the playoffs last year, they're struggling this year. There was a lot, there's always been a lot of criticism of Tony Russo as their White Sox manager. He makes some mistakes, he does, he does seem like he's doing a lot of cuts and struggles with the current game. He is older. Now, the general manager said when he brought Bruce in, one of the biggest mistakes he made was firing Tony Russo as a manager years ago. But the White Sox can see the other team in a very winnable AL you know, Central because the Twins are not winning that division, you know, by a lot right now. It's easier to handle for the White Sox to turn it around. So if you feel like, hey, we, we, you know, you, obviously, look, the White Sox are in a different spot than the Phillies and the Indians. They have, they, they, they've been very aggressive the last couple of years. Their roster's in pretty good shape. They have a good lineup. They have a good, a certainly decent pitching rotation. They have a pretty good bullpen. So they have a lot more ingredients to a successful team than either the Phillies or the Angels. They're a lot more balanced than the Phillies and the Angels. So you're not going to look, I mean, yeah, you'll be looking at it if you can improve your roster, but you're looking at this and going, hey, you know what, we have a pretty good roster right now, and if it's not doing well, then obviously that highlights, that, that's a situation where you do think about making a managerial change to spark things. Because you, you, you feel like you have all the other bases covered. So that's why I said last week, so if anybody else is going to be on the hot seat, maybe it would be Tony Marusa. But I, again, I, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. But that would be the only other person I could have seen, not Joe Madden, not that player. And I said that Joe Girard would be a fit for that because obviously Joe is from Chicago. I know he's not the Cubs guy, but maybe he would sell for the White Sox. But would they want to go to a guy like Girard? Yeah, because of the fact that, I mean, look, Marusa is very similar to the fact that they can be, they can run the wrong way. Maybe they want to go with that might be an open for Joe Madden. Joe Madden manager in Chicago, he has the cost, he won the World Series there. And again, he's kind of the opposite of what Tony Russo, so maybe he would be. So, so again, you, I could see Joe Madden getting the Philly job, the White Sox job. I could see, I think mean, he'll get a job quick. You know, because he's been successful with Philly. Um, I could see Girardi getting a White Sox job or the Angels job. I mean, something. I, look, I, I do think both guys, I mean, Girardi and um, um, Madden are going to get jobs pretty quick. I thought a week ago maybe Girardi would sit out for a while, but no, I think Girardi's going to get a job quick. And there's a lot of jobs that could potentially be open. But I don't think you're, do I think you're going to see any more in-season firings? I didn't think so last week, so clearly I've been put wrong already, but I, I honestly God, I don't think so. Now, there's been some talk with the Royals that have been saying, or the Guardians might make a change here, Craig Cole is getting older, he's had health problems. I mean, behind a lot of those other decisions will probably wait until I don't think they'll happen in season. There's nothing that makes me think they'll happen in season. So, um, so I don't, I don't expect to have any more. I said, I said, I said, I said, 
gruesome, maybe. Um, but other than that, I, I don't see it. I really don't. And even the Tony Luke, I don't really know if I see it because of how, how cool he is and everything. So, um, but is this the trend in baseball now? You know, I keep sitting here saying this doesn't happen. You don't see managers get fired in season. You don't see, you know, managers get hired in season. But look, it has happened before. It's rare, but it has happened. Same week, it, it makes you wonder. Maybe this is part of something. You know, other sports have had it happen routinely. Now, is it crazy to you? I said earlier, it could be a coincidence, or you know, just you know, the Phillies fired Joe Girardi and went for the Angels and swapped them, and the, the Angels had a front row seat to how the Phillies, you know, all of a sudden played better without Joe Girardi. Maybe they got in the high end of the Maybe that'll catch them up too if you're a Joe Madden. And Girardi had designs. They got to get rid of Joe Madden. And, you know, the Phillies played that, that, that Angel team that they're not good for right now. So I don't think that's exactly something that you want to use as, as a, you know, proof that that actually could really run. But, you know, you do wonder, again, you can sit there and say it's coincidental, you can sit there and say they follow the coach, you can sit there and say a lot of things. But could this be the start of it? Could this be open the door? Could this be the start of the trend? Maybe other teams start to go and look at this and go, all right, you know what? It's something that, you know, oh, you're, sw- you know, we're swollen to the belt. We have our young players, or you know, our team is kind of circling the drain. We feel like we need a new voice. We see the NFL doing it. We see the NBA doing it. Remember, see everybody's running the Miami game. They get fired. Pat Riley jumped in. And you wonder, you wonder if this will open the door to him baseball. Because even even if it's coincidental, even if it, even if it's, it's there's more to it than, than what it seems. Sometimes I would think this is kind of what I got to say. Maybe if you ain't the South Philly's doing well, let's do it too. You wonder if other teams will be like that. All of a sudden they're gonna sit there and say, oh, well, you, you know, remember when the Angels and the Phillies both did it and it seemed to work? If it works out and both teams with their season, or we see better results, then you might see it. And I think that's the key. Will the Phillies and the Angels see better results? If they do, then that might open the door and teams start saying, hey, you know, we're not going to wait till after the season anymore. We're not going to have a quicker hook. We're going to make quicker decisions because sometimes, you know, if, if the Angels and Phillies do that, just got to point at that and go, oh, yeah, yeah, that, 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 you know, they did it and we can have that success too. Even if it has, even if, in, in, Truthfully, it has nothing to do with it. It might not. It might not even be the manager's firing that did it. It just might be a coincidence, right? But even if it doesn't, if, it, if, it, if there's success after these decisions are made, you'll see teams copycat and do it because they'll say, oh, it worked for them. Why can't it work for us? You see it all the time in sports. Teams follow each other. It doesn't matter if that, if, 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 if that's if the reason is actually the real true reason. Then look at that and go, oh, And that might not have been the reason that worked for that team. That might not have been the reason that other team had success. But they'll look at that and think it was, and they'll go with it. Teams like the copycat trend. So could it be the start of the trend? It could be. Is it now? No, it's not now. It's like no other team is going to do it until they see what happens. So if the Phillies are here, they have a wild card team at least. 
if the angel is going on release and if a wild card from King Goliath, it's not taboo anymore for player managers in season. We're pretty good. We're pretty good. Even if it really wasn't the reason, they'll think it might be, and they'll go with it. So it could be, this could be the, a tipping point, and it could be the start of a trend. It really could. It really could. But again, until both those teams show success in the long term here, you know, next couple months, you won't see other teams do it. And again, if success is not going on like one, five, or six game race, you're going to drop in the next 15. You're more consistent, you even make the playoffs, stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. You need a large sample size to really validate, potentially validate what happened. And we're a ways away from that. But it was really shocking. It really was. To see, you know, Madden a player like that. It really, really was. But we'll see as we go along with what happens um, with, what, with the Angels, with the Phillies, and with all some of these other teams. Other teams popping up. Well, I'm sure. Some teams will be convinced and they'll start doing that even this year. Who knows? I don't think so. Who else? If you know the Phillies and the Angels see immediate results, the reason I kind of have seen some results, that's going to be enough for some teams to start you know, replicating what they're doing now for this year. So, alright. We got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into what's going on in golf. What does the future look like? To what does the PGA Tour need to do to survive? And if anybody, and what other golfers can make a jump? We'll talk about all that. Plus, we'll preview tonight, we'll, we'll preview tonight's um, NBA Finals Game 3, and touch on what's going on in the NHL playoffs as well. All that's coming up after the break. You're listening to the Sports Center on this Wednesday. Good to have you on board.
Tuesday with some of our commercials today. But see you tonight from NBA Finals Game 3. NBA Finals Game 3 tonight. 9 o'clock, 10 Eastern Time, ABC. Um, Maybe we'll have a full broadcast on that tonight. We'll bring in Dan Gunning to be back, and we'll see. Um, If not, Zach will be back the next game, probably. Uh, But tonight, the series shifts to Boston. Obviously, a tie series, which means, you know, game three, big team game, right? You know, if they're the road team, you know, I always say it's the the best opportunity to win a game on the road. It's that first chance you get on the road. Because, you know, Continue to keep the pressure on them. They're the favorites, though. So you win tonight, you're like, all right, you know what? Even though we feel like we really want to win both our home games, we at least, we at least won one to put the pressure on them. So the big game tonight um, Boston Golden State, game three, NBA Finals from Boston, 9 o'clock Eastern on ABC. Very big game tonight. Big to be honest. Three games are big. Game three, game five, and even series. Game three, five, they're so they're very, very big. Very, very big. So uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Um, they got game three tonight. Then after that, we will have a game four uh, um, Friday night. Um, so, um, you know, after tonight, so, so we kind of have a normal kind of day in between off, which I love. So whoever wins tonight will probably be in a good shape with the next game as well, which is what's, what's best I can handle there. But anyway, so. Um, and then we also have the NHL playoffs, and I told you all on Monday that I felt like if the Avalanche didn't finish it off Monday, they'd finish it off on Wednesday for game four, well, for game five. Well, there's no need for a game five. The Avalanche finished off on Monday in overtime. They knocked out the Oilers. Edmonton was just no match for them. You know, we know it's the Oilers defensively. They just couldn't stop them. And even though all sides of that got did some good things as the series went on, they started to improve a little bit. It just wasn't enough. They haven't. Yeah, it was too much of a mismatch. Edmonton goes home. Good season for them. 
Why hits from the Rangers in that game? And they kept pushing back. And that shows you how good Tampa is. What they've been these last couple years came up. It's really what we saw in these two games. It's like, okay, you know what? You dominated us at your building. And you came in here and you played us tough. You know, we're going to kind of try to strip this a little bit here and get back on track and show you that you should be the ones that are beneath us. We are the, we should be the same because we're the defending two-time champions. And they did that in game four. They kicked it right to the Rangers. Game, um, and, and really just did their thing, and they looked like the Tampa Bay Lightning in the last couple of years last night. Um, and again, I told you I felt like this would happen. I felt like that's why I thought at the very least the series was in six, five, one, and likely seven, because I thought the whole team would just win the game. And I did not, and I don't, and I told you, the reason why I picked the Rangers to win the series, it wasn't because they're playing better. Because obviously, even though I ended up playing better, I thought the Lightning would win their home game. And unlike the last series where the Rangers were able to get that game seven in Carolina, I don't think I see that happening in this series. As good as the Lightning are, and as, and as, as good as they've been, I just don't like the way the Lightning plays in, in, in the Garden. I don't think they have, I don't think they'd be able to win. The Rangers play so good in the Garden, and I just don't like the way the Lightning play in the Garden. That's why I thought, all right, that the, the Rangers would have the series in the Division of Seven. And I do think it's going to seven. I think the Rangers are going to win game five against the Lightning. They're going to win game six. Things have happened. I understand that, but these just these two teams they have experience. I think that's key, and it's just, just the way that they play in their building. I just don't know if I see that either team moving in their building. So I have. And so far, this series has gone according to plan in my mind. The only thing that didn't went was a little bit different than what I expected with the Rangers playing a little bit better in Game Three in Tampa than I thought they would. But other than that, this series is about exactly how I would have planned it at the bottom of us. So I expected to go. Doing that the rest of the way here. I think, like I said, Rangers will win game five, Lightning six, Rangers seven. And I think the Rangers will make the Allies in the finals. That's what I think is going to happen. But again, you know, one of these teams disappoints in their building. If the Rangers lose game five or the Lightning lose game six, now it's just figured to get a lot quicker. Now I figured it's just going to end quicker and go and kind of veer off of what we all suspect it will be. But look, I think until last night, I thought the Rangers would play 
series. One that I played hopefully for the most part, but last night was obviously their best game. Because you can range these hopes that are starting to come and all of a sudden they become, you know, the juggernaut that they've been. Not that they can't, not that they, they can't beat them as a juggernaut. But, um, you know, they just make it a lot harder. And they just have to let the down and the ring is going to want to see if they're all of a sudden become, you know, this, this, this tough division team like last night where physically it's just hard to keep up with them. Um, but we'll see. The last night was a tough one. Last night was a tough one. It really was. So, game four tomorrow night, the series shifts back to MSG, to New York. 8 o'clock, 10 Eastern time on ESPN. Game five, series tied at two games each. Obviously, game five is a very important. Days off in between there, not sure I really like that, but um, because I, I, I don't like the extra days off because it hurts momentum, but it is what it is. But that's the schedule for the rest of the Eastern East Conference Finals, which is the only current bank that our final series still happen. And then after that, we're getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, but we'll get to that part right when we get there. So that's the thing stand with the NHL right now. Um, where do things stand with golf? Well, it's not good. So, you know. I don't know if anybody, like I said, threw all in the open. I don't know if people really thought that golf was going to ever encounter anything like this. I don't know if anybody ever, you know, anybody saw this coming. Um, obviously, like I said before, the story was kind of, I don't say buried, but it was something that was percolating. You know, and, and until the whole Phil controversy earlier this year, I don't think anybody really paid it much mind. It was not the people who first of And kind of wondering what this was about, and then slowly you started hearing more and more about it, and now it's kind of exploded, you know, and, you know, and, and, and taken over as a top story in golf, uh, you know, outside of Tiger Woods. And look, it's you know, the, the story over the last week has changed so many names, you know, jump to um, you know, an IV, which is Fred Norman, you know, golf. Uh, that is obviously controversial because it financed by Saudi Arabia, which obviously, you know, let's be honest here. Put it all out there. There's a lot of businesses in, in, in our country that are in business with Saudi Arabia, financed in, in part by Saudi Arabia. So, I'm, you know, we can't sit here and act like, you know, how you is the only thing that's financed like that. But anytime you do this, it's You're seeing people get alienated. You're seeing fans that are no longer a fan of you. I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. I don't think you stand for this. I don't like that you stand for this. And, you know, you're seeing... One of the things we saw this year was the first IG event this weekend. Every golfer that goes up there and does their press conference and handles the press and screening and talks about why you're doing this, they all look sour. They all... They, 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 they just look absolutely miserable. Thought about everything, he's so careful what he says. Obviously, he's already been through a lot of what's concerning this, but you can tell.
They know it's controversial, they, but, they, but in, in reality, deep down, they don't care. Because it's about money. And the bottom line is this. Now, outside of a guy like Phil, outside of Justin Johnson, a lot of, I told you, a lot of guys that are going to do this are middle, lower tier guys that maybe don't do it. Amounts of money. This is an opportunity for them to go and make more money and kind of making their whole PGA run. You've seen that. You know, Dr. Justin Johnson, yeah, I don't know if people sell the money, I don't know the exact amount of money. Justin Johnson's going to make more than this one event doing that or playing these events than you would make an entire run of PGA tour. That's, that, that's why they're doing this. There's a lot of money in this. A lot of money in this. And that's where they're getting people. That's the word. Now, you know, remember, Phil wanted to use the LID as leverage, wasn't it? Because after four months out, he's coming back. Now, Phil still plans to play the US Open next week. Now, a lot of these guys still plan to play PGA Tour. It's a major, but not governed by the same by the PGA. You know, the field is literally in the plot. But what about some of these other events? There was a and the Ryder Cup, which was the impact. It's like, okay, all of a sudden you're going to have to lose major players from things like the Ryder Cup. How is that going to affect the PGA? Now, what is it the obvious thing out of the way? How is this all going to affect these guys? Anybody that decides to jump? And the guy that doesn't jump is coming up for a while. I'm not going to do this. And then he jumps. Well, I've made decisions because he's best for my family. You know, I need to rethought this. And, you know, even though I'm at the top of the game, I'm going to lose. Everything. Now look, Justin Johnson's never been the most likable guy. But you're not, look, if you do this, you're not going to be well-liked by the majority of people. People are not going to like you. And the question is, you're going to have to live with that. Is it worth being disliked, even hated, to make these money? And the Chabot's doing it now. That's gone. He's he's tarnished his legacy beyond repair. Well, he's just a continental pilot. He was only for four months and then coming back out only to join in the 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 this 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 controversial week. Led by Greg Norman, who everybody looks at and says, Oh, he's off the rails, he's not. And people people gave up on Greg Norman a long time ago. He's very much this one. You are if you're if you're jumping, it's not just and the opportunity and, and, and the missed opportunities and the idea that you might miss a lot of pre premier events that fans love are, are various are, are huge events. You are pretty much destroying your legacy and are gonna make yourself hated. That's what you're doing to yourself. And you have to decide if that's worth it. Well, I don't care. I don't care if they're running. I don't care if I'm like I don't care if people are together and cheer for me. I don't care. Well they'll say, oh, this thing people get over real quick. That was true. 
I don't think people are going to get over this. Because it's right there in front of you. This isn't a, a one-time thing. You did you did it one half. And then it's over and done with. This is, this is every time you walk in front of that person's guy. People are going to remind you. They're going to say, oh, yeah, that's right. You played for them. You know, now if this were a league that wasn't controversial, wasn't backed by fraud and money or everything, would, would it be the same thing? No. It wouldn't be. Because I think people would say, I think a lot of people would endorse and say this is good for golf, free agency, competition. We've seen this in sports. You know, we've seen this happen where other leagues come in and, 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 and you know, they go back and forth and the competition has both leagues to grow and, 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 and improve. So look, the big reality at the heart of this is that people are disenfranchised with the PGA Tour. They feel like they can make them more money. They feel like they, they feel like these rule changes. They feel like they feel like there needs to be things done. And apparently the PGA has been too hard-headed to do anything about it till now. And I told you all the last couple of weeks. Well, you're going to do that. This is what we're going to do. You're, you're, you're being reactionary. But after a while, it's going to be like, all right, well, because obviously when you're reactionary, That you don't want them to do. Oh, I'm punishing you. I don't want to. And, you, and you, you're issued those two warnings that, oh, we're going to ban you, we're going to punish you that, and hope that they'll rethink it and not do it. But then when they do it, you're like, oh, all right, well, this is what we're going to do. And they're like, all right, well, that's right. So that's fine, we're done. And so you're, you're doing what's in your power and, and your right to do. Maybe it's even the right thing to continually do. Problem is that's also pushing them further out the door. But there's nothing you can do about that. So, short term, it's not necessarily the wrong thing. It is. And that's where, you know, after, after you reacted initially, you have to go, all right, what now? You lost players like Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. Huge players, popular players, big players. Who else will you lose? Now, I don't think, the, you know, I don't think Roy Knapp was going to go to Number Tiger was no way I'm going to do it. He's already had his legacy won't be enough. But I don't think I, I don't I don't know if you'll see any more big names go. Because a lot of those other big names have big endorsements. And in a lot of ways I wonder the only reason why Phil is doing this is because he thinks that he's done his bridge with the PGA. I told you all that on Monday. I think Phil th I think Phil might have burned his bridges with the PGA. More than he can ever make on PGA. I mean, Dustin Johnson said the same thing. He goes, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll do it. 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 I don't
We're going on our question and comment reaction center. But, or fan center, I should say. Um, but I want to finish the, the golf thing real quick. Sorry about that. We had a, a small issue. My, my computer was about, was warning me that it was about to restart or reboot. And I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want it to do it happen right in the middle of it. So I stopped everything and kind of just let it, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to lose you all. So that's why I did that. Sorry, I apologize for that. Um, real quick. Um, just going back to what we were um, you know, go back to the money part. You know, these middle roller tier players, you know, they're, 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 all they're thinking to themselves is the more money that I make in my whole PGA tour, it's doing like one or two events. Going to do this, but these players are going to do it, and for them it's worth it because they say we're not possible. We don't have the endorsements that Rory does or Jordan Spieth does or Tiger Woods does. Now Phil, Phil does, but he's lost some of them from the top down. That's why I'm thinking, well, maybe Phil thinks he's done already on those bridges, so who cares? I'll just go do it. I lost some endorsements. The PJ's mad at me. My my fans have turned on me, so why not? My legacy's gone. Why not? Let's make the money. Now, again, there's a lot of money in this. And you have to decide, is it worth it? In your mind, oh, in their mind, they're, they're securing their fans, you're just securing your fans. Like, Phil came out and this, and he's got a gambling problem. I don't know what that's happening. He said he's doing therapy, so maybe that's where it's coming from. But it's kind of random. But okay. So, you know, a lot of this is while well, making up, you know, making, securing your family's future, maybe making up for things, maybe, I don't know. Maybe there's other problems. Maybe I want to retire early. I don't know. Like there's, a, there's a lot of potential motivations here, but you have to decide whether it's worth it. To be involved with something this controversial. Knowing that you could be hated. Knowing it could destroy the legacy you built. And for some of these players, they barely met him. You know? Kevin Oz like, hey, when's the last time you mentioned me on here? So for them, it's enough. It's enough. So why not? Why not just, you know, go and do it? And that maybe is for, for some of these guys, that's the guys I expected to go. But the fellas and the Dustins, no. But again, they already might feel like they're already disliked and not liked, or they don't care if they like. Now, Dustin's case, I don't think he cares if he's liked. Phil's case, I think he did. But maybe he realized he burned too many bridges now, and he's like, all right, there's no coming back, so why not? Why not? Either way.
Ouais. Donc, the intro music at the complete wrong time. Um, and I couldn't get it to turn off. My screen had flown. So my apologies on that. Um, um, so we're having all kinds of issues. The show was going so smoothly. And then all of a sudden, everything kind of went to crap. Um, so, all right, let's try this again. As we try to finish this, this golf discussion here. Or golf uh, topic here. Um, look, it's all about deciding whether you think it's worth it. Right? That's what this is about. Do you think this is worth it? Do you think it's worth it? And, and again, maybe some guys don't figure they're not risking anything. Oh, I'm not already well-liked. You know, oh, uh, I don't care. Or I'm, I, you don't care if you like. Maybe that's what, you know, maybe, you know, in that case, you're like, ah, I don't care. You know, or again, if you already aren't. Or you burn bridges already. Or whatever the case may be. But everybody has to kind of look at this. Everybody... Everybody kind of has to look at this and decide whether they think it's worth it. I don't expect to see too many more major names. I really don't. I mean, I'd rather have more players to do it, probably, because, you know, monkey see, monkey do, and they see the money and everything. That's what they're the middle, lower tier guys, and yeah. But I do not expect. And endorsement stuff. They don't want to take that risk, ruin their legacy, that kind of thing. But what's the future here? Well, like I said, eventually the P, the, look, PJ's in reactionary mode. Eventually they're going to have to play offense. What are they going to do? They're going to they're gonna have to, you know, gauge the players and say, look, Then they have to start to adopt them adapt, and, and, and adapt and say, all right, these players, it wasn't just about the money. Some of them, maybe if they felt, maybe if they felt like we were listening to them more on some things and some changes they wanted, maybe they wouldn't be so quick to jump for the money. So you start to adapt and you start to, you know, add some of these changes. You can't be stubborn right now. You can't be stuck in 1942 or whatever. You can't be like that. You have to evolve. So you make some of these changes that some of these players want. And the money. Money has to be the money has to be a thing. You have to start to raise the stakes a little bit. Money has to, there has to be you know an understanding that look at what they're doing. Can we in some way make this more profitable? And we in some way make these make have, have more money at stake here for our players and make this a more more appealing to our players. Now. I mean, are we going to see more like this happen? Are we going to see more golf restart? Are we going to see more series stuff? Are we going to see more competition? Are we going to see more, you know, events outside the PGA? Maybe. Maybe this is Maybe more retired golfers like Greg Norman will do this. I don't know. Do I think that'd be good? Yeah, as long as we're not affiliated with something controversial. And I'll tell you right now, if LIP wasn't affiliated with Saudi Arabia, I think the PGA would be really in trouble. Then maybe they're going to have to deal with other entities. And if that's the case, then there might be another change where you allow them to do other events. 
and under the understanding that you know what it's going to be competition. We're going to have to deal with this now. Maybe they'll make golf more interesting, but I think that's what they're going to have to do. Is they're going to have to adapt. They're going to have to evolve. They're going to have to under maybe eventually understand that they're competition and these guys are going to play other events outside of their events. They really need to be competing events. You know, majors might have to work around stuff like this because you're going to want these players to play in your majors because you don't get the rating that you want. You know, and then you, you have to look at the money and you have to look at the opportunities that, that maybe other uh, other comp uh, competition might be offering that you're not. And might, you might have to start to offer similar opportunities. Listen to what the players are saying. What changes do they want to make? Right now, you're drawing a hard line to stand that's acceptable and it's understandable. But eventually, you're going to have to start to soften at least a little bit. And you're going to have to, and otherwise, you know, you risk alienating these guys who are like, ah, I don't want to do this because it's controversial. But eventually, there's a better, even better option that's not controversial. Then you might risk losing some of these guys that are claiming to be loyal to you. Because they might even be claiming to be loyal because they recognize this option. Oh, that's controversial. I'm not going to jump for that. But if somebody else comes then maybe they will jump. You have to start preparing for that possibility. PJ's going to have to do some things here. They're going to have to adapt. And if they don't, then they, they won't survive. I mean, it's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen next year. But in ten, five, ten years, they might be, they, they might, they might be in a situation where, I'm not going to say they cease to exist, but it ain't going to be good. They got to start to think about their future. They got to start to look at what they can do to adapt and change for the better and make themselves and make their players feel like their voices are being heard. That's what they need to do. Will they do it? I think they will. But how long they take to get there could be where the damage is, gets caused. That could be irreparable. It could really make things bad for the PGA in the future. If, and, and maybe could even ensure you don't have one. Will there be more players that jump? Yes. Will there be big ones? I don't think so. But there will be more. And is that a better option? It might be a lot more. Will that happen right now? No. Doors open, and golf. The, the, the sport of golf is forever changed. And how quick it evolves, how quick it continues to change, is going to depend on what the way the PGA does here. I think that they go forward. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we'll get to what's inside your mind. Your questions, comments, reactions, thoughts on what's going on in sports. We're going to talk some golf, basketball, hockey, baseball. It's all on the table. Even football. Bring it all to us. It's all on the table when you come when we come back listening to the sports sprint on this Wednesday. I'll be right back.
There's potentially other things worth bringing up. So let's get into it here and see what's on your mind. What's on what you want to ask about and what you react to. Um, do you think it's possible that the PJ starts to soften before the end of the season and then allow some of these big names to play in, in the Ryder Cup? Um, uh, maybe. I don't know. Even when they're ready, the TV network might start to push on them a little bit with that. Um, you know, since there's too many big names that are available. Um, I mean, the European League's dealing with this, too. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible by then. I don't think they're going to soften in the next few weeks. I'm going to be very interested to see the reaction, how everything goes when these players show up at the major. You know, you heard Dustin talk about this. You heard Phil talk about this. They're like, well, we're just going. We assume we're able to go. They got exemptions that allow them to. You know they don't they they don't control that. So you wonder. I'm very very curious to see how, what the reactions could be from other players and from fans and and, and really to see the PGA at these majors. It's open next week. I'm really curious to see how that's all going to play out. What the aftermath of that's going to be and how the PGA views the things that can go in the next few weeks here after this first event for LIV this week. I'm really curious to see how that plays out. I draw this hard line to sand, and how long it might be before they soften up a little bit and realize maybe they need to kind of start to back off a little bit to kind of cool things off a little bit so that they can start to maybe, I'm not going to say bed fences, but maybe get themselves a situation where they can adapt and start to reach out, maybe bring some of these people, start to maybe get these players back into the fold a little bit more so that they're not, you know, as um, you know, as alienated as they are right now. Let's see here. The, Brown, the Browns excuse Baker Mayfield for minicamp. Do you think this is a sign that he's to be moved soon? Also, what are your thoughts on the Broncos being bought out by the heir to the, to the by the heir to the Walmart Empire? Do you think this is Broncos in the NFL? On the on the, the Broncos thing, I don't know, that doesn't really, you know, that's it, that doesn't matter. That's it, it's not that's not uh, when you see teams buy when you see people buy football teams, man, it's not the same thing as you know what you know. It's like in baseball, for instance, like football team, basketball team, you don't see like there's much of an impact. Like when somebody buys a baseball team, like look at who's referring to the Mets. Steve Cohen buys the Mets, and all of a sudden they have a payroll and they're a big market team. Whereas with the Wilpons for years, they were penny pinching because they lost so much money in the Madoff thing. You know, so, so in baseball, you see, you know, immediate impact. In, 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 in other sports, you don't really see that when, other, when you know, companies or people that are involved in companies that buy. So I don't think it's got much of an impact at all. Um, 
in the NFL, you don't your ownership doesn't really impact that much. If anything, it just keep it, you know unless you know owner buys or something. But other than that, it doesn't really. So I don't think that's going to matter much. As far as the Baker thing, I don't know if I'm moving I mean, we talked about this on Monday. We were talking about um. That, you know, there's waiting for a clean bill of health. But Baker, I, 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 I think they're really just, um, maybe, maybe there's, uh, you know, maybe they're waiting for something in particular, like a team to, to rot and, and, and be desperate enough to give them what they feel like they, they want for him. Maybe it's one of those things where they're waiting to see if, if you know, Jimmy goes first and see if Jimmy Garoppolo gets in the trade because they have a kind of benchmark in their favor and if they get comparable packages. I don't know. I think there's some method to their madness here, and they're doing it for some reason. And you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. Um, but I, I, but I think it's something along those lines. I don't think they need to move as imminent. I just think they decided that, given you know how things have unfolded, and you know probably how he knows he's he never wanted there, that his future's not there. Is it really a good idea to bring him there and have that tension around him? We know that. Do you want him to be problematic around the team when they're trying to focus on, you know, they're, they're thinking they're going to be, be very successful. So, do you want him around that room in the chemistry and all that room in the focus? No. So, so, it makes sense that he'd be excused from camp. You know, he hasn't been around. Russell wouldn't be tense. He knows how to be professional, and we've seen him do that before. Even when he knows he's Sense if you don't think their future, immediate future is there, you know. So, especially if they can cause tension. Um, let's see. Do you think the firing of Joe Man has something to do with the fact that the GM wanted to use him as a scapegoat known full well as the real reason the team struggled but didn't do enough in the offseason to acquire pitching? You spoke a lot about it last offseason. How bad were the Angels needed pitching? You said, well, they made a diamond, but they didn't do enough. I remember you going out and talking about that at length. Do you think that this is maybe his preventative strike realizing how things are starting to go out of control? Let's fire the manager now to look like I'm being aggressive and like I'm doing the right things. And then and essentially pushing all the negative all the negativity onto the manager so that you're absolved of your responsibility for the rest of the season. Um, do you think that was the method behind why the, the, the firing happened when it did? I mean, it's possible. I mean, it's possible. I mean, I don't think GMs think like that. I don't think they sit there and go, oh, the guy use a scapegoat to save my job. I mean, this guy's only been in the job for a year. I don't think that's that. No, you know what? I don't think that's the reason, honestly. He seemed like he was close to Joe. I mean, they're in a 12-13 losing streak. There's no, there's no guarantee that they're going to be stuck in this losing streak, even though I do, I do feel like the Angels are going to kind of fall apart here. There's no guarantee to that, right? So I don't know. I don't think that's the case. I don't think he was trying to save himself. I don't think he was just, you know, throwing some into the bus. I don't think that was it. I don't think that was it. The Angels ain't going to make a change at GM right now. I, I don't know. I don't think that was it. I think really what it was... He really did feel like he needed a change. And, and, and look, there's the other thing too. Even though he seemed like he liked Joe, 
I do think Apara maybe was thinking pre before the season, well, if this year doesn't go so well, we probably need to make a change. So maybe you would support those things that you're actually thinking it might be better to do it right now. Why wait? They, they, they were seeing, maybe they thought maybe something else. I don't think it had anything to do with throwing him under the bus to use as a scapegoat to save the GM's job or anything like that. So that people wouldn't point the finger at him. There's the important thing to remember too about general managers. They can only do so much. You can you can understand there's a problem and know you need pitching and know you need this and know you need that, but this doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna get it. You know? You know, you can want to trade and make a trade, but it's a two way street. Somebody has to agree to your trade. You know, free agency is the same thing. You know, you can throw as much money at them as you want. If they don't want to go to you, they're not going to go to you. Now, I see you have a second question here, so let me see. Um, you mentioned that you could see Girardi or Madden getting a job fairly soon, but you also mentioned how rare it is to see managers hired in season. It's like it is to see them fired, fired mid season. Having said that, if it, we were, yeah, we were already things this year. So it wouldn't be uh, that surprising, right, to see a, a, a Girardi or a man get hired this year in one of the open managerial jobs. If that were the case, which, which, manager, which manager or team do you think would be more likely to be uh, to hire a manager in season? Okay, I, and, well, that was bad grammar there, but which, which team do you think would be more likely to hire in season? And which manager do you think is more likely to be hired in, in season? Or whoever worded this did not word that very well. Um, let's see. I think the Phillies would probably, would probably hire a manager in season. You know, I remember when Baltimore did it with Buck. You know, they were thinking about the future a little bit. And, I, and since the Phillies were so proactive last week in getting this done, not waiting anything else, and, and, and everything. And I, plus, I think knowing that Rob Thompson's so close to Girardi, um, you know, maybe they're like, okay, maybe it's still too little, a little too. We, we want to see some a little bit more change, so maybe they decide to do it now. The higher manager now getting getting that going. Um, the Angels, I think, you know, they like David. Mentioned that he's the guy for the rest of the year. So I think that kind of, not that they can't change the manager. The thing I would say too, in order for any team to do that, I honestly God think it wouldn't be salvaging the team. It would be trying to get the team ready for next year and start, and, and trying to get a new voice in the room and trying to establish a new foundation. I don't think you're hiring out managers from outside because that's what they did with Buck the Orioles. That you know they're like, ah, oh, we're not going to do anything. This building towards next year and getting the right philosophy in here. So, because otherwise you just do that right now. You just go ahead and find somebody right now. You're right. So I think that you'd have to see a team kind of fall off completely and be out of it. Because I don't think, because again, I don't, you know, because it, it, it would make more sense that way. You know, right now, but then again, you know, and, and Joe Man wasn't available until yesterday. So, but I don't, I don't see it happening. That's why maybe the Phillies go off the rails. Maybe the Angels will slip off the rails. Like, oh, you know what? We're not going to wait anymore. We're going to get somebody in here now. So 
show the fans that we're serious about making this change and you know making this work and everything. So, so I mean, it's very unlikely. But so much has already happened that's unlikely. I guess we shouldn't write it off completely. Buck Showalter was rumored for both, Phil, both the Philly job and the Angels job, was considered a runner-up for both. Do you think he would have had more success with either one of those teams, considering how much success he's having with the Mets? I always think Buck would be successful. He would have success with the Baltimore, so yes, I do think he would have. He can make it the most out of the roster. Do I think he would have won a World Series or something? No. But would he have had more success? Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. You were saying that um, that roster. I mean, sometimes it managers don't make that much of a difference. Sometimes the roster is more important. Say that, but I think sometimes a manager can maximize a roster. He can figure things out. He can, you know, he can he can maneuver things in such a way. Well, maybe you play above their head. You know, I've seen it. Where you know teams have no right to compete, obviously, and compete because of a manager. And also, you don't win it all because you don't have a roster to win it all. But you can still get enough out of it to be able to at least compete. And I think that's you know what Buck, Buck, Buck can do. That that's what Buck can do. So yeah, they would have had more success. I I I think Buck's a much better manager than Ryan or Buck. It's not that they're both they're both fairly good managers, but Buck's much better than both of them. Buck's one of the best ever. Knowledge of rules. I mean, last week, remember the what he did to Dave Roberts against the Dodgers? Anybody see that? Where he knew a position player as the pitcher, unless you're up by more than six. He knew that rule. Dave Roberts did it. Most people, even people on the broadcast, don't even know what he was doing. Buck knew the rule. That's what Buck does. knows everything. He's that good. Much more success. He just knows how to get the more, much more out of the roster than most guys do. That's what the best coaches and managers do. They know, even if the roster is not well made and you have issues with it, you find ways to still fight to win games and compete. And that's what Buck can do. We'll take one more. Um. Um. One thing that makes that 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 made the Phillies and Angels act quicker was the fact that in baseball this year there's so few winning teams. Look around the league, a very top-heavy year. The last couple of years we saw teams get off to very slow starts, and we saw far more teams competing and having better records, or at least being com more competitive. This year, not so much. You're seeing the teams dominate and essentially run away with playoff races already. Not that things can't tighten up. But so far, it, it's it's a very top-heavy year. Do you think that made the Phillies no thinking? Oh, look, this would be a year where you can rack up wins against bad teams, and you're still struggling, and that makes it look all the worse. That that's actually possible. I was thinking about some. Actually, somebody I was talking to a friend of mine this morning, 
about, um, you know, we we're talking baseball. And you look at Toronto and Tampa Bay, and they're both around 30 and like 21. They're both surging, but, you know, and then you got, you know, the Red Sox are like, you look at the rest of the AL. I'll tell you those four AL, and the Red Sox are under 500. But, like, but you, you still look at them, but they can still make a run, you know? And that's because of how few teams are competing. You look at the AL, look at the White Sox, they're under 500. And then everybody else in that division, under 500, but the Twins, the Twins are 3 and 21. Then you look at the West. The Angels are now under 500. The Rangers are under 500. The A's are under 500. It's the Astros. So if you look at the AL, you got the Astros, you got the Twins, you got the Yankees, you got the Tampa Bay Rays, you got the Blue Jays, maybe the Red Sox, they're under 500. Maybe the White Sox, they're under 500. But both those teams are under 500. There's only five teams over 500 that are playing well in the AL. Five. And you look at the NL. You look at the NL West, you got the Right? Daniel Central, you got the Cardinals, you got the Brewers. Then you go to the East, and you got the Mets. Everybody else is under 500. That's six teams. 11 teams. 11 teams total are like over 500 right now, or are at a, in a good position right now. That's, again, yeah. You know, maybe, you you know, if you're the Phillies, you look at the names, you look at this and go, you know, we should be able to feast on some of these really bad teams. And we should be doing better. Even if we have issues as a team, even if we don't play the best defense or we don't have the best team, we should, there's enough winnable games on the schedule. That's the thing. If you look at these teams, there were now, why don't you look at the Angels and go, yeah, maybe that was part of it. But then they're like, all right, you know, okay, you play the Yankees, you play the Red Sox, you know, you lost the game one nothing at seven. The Red Sox haven't been world beaters this year. You can't find a way to score a run. Now we've been talking about the pitching, but still, when the offense isn't in the score run run, compete with the Red Sox. That's when you know maybe some of the other stuff has gone wrong, too. Okay, maybe it started off as a pitching comment. It's like other things. So, you know, yeah, I do think that plays a role in it. Um, you look at, maybe if it was last year or the year before, you look at this and go, all right, maybe there's a lot more better teams, or maybe this is a little more difficult. This year, it looks like there's a lot of teams that are bad. And you could say, well, maybe they're on their team. No, they're bad. They're playing bad. Americans have played well. You know, you look at them, you look at the Braves haven't really played well so far, the Marlins are supposed to be better than they are, they haven't played well. I mean, there's some teams that have not played well, and you were expecting better things from And sometimes that just means, okay, we just thought differently, we just got wrong. Not every one of these teams is underachieving. Maybe you could say the Braves are, but some of these other teams I don't think you can say. Maybe they're just bad. And if you're the Philly, you look at this and go, geez, you know, in the NL, there's only, so many, there's only a few teams here that are really competitive. Teams in AL that are compete are, are not compete are, are compete are being good and competing. How can we not rack up wins? Yeah, it does make it worse in comparison. It does. Especially when you look at and go, so many teams that are over 500 now. We're not playing well the whole way through. Toronto played terrible for a good part of the season. They weren't winning games at all. You know, Twins they always put had got off to a little bit of a rough start. The Astros did too. I mean, the Angels did for a while, but they couldn't hold on to it. So, yeah, I do think that, that might have played a role in it a little bit. All right, we're going to take one last break. We come back, we wrap things up. You're listening to the Sports for on this Wednesday. We'll be right back.
All right, we're back. Um, so real quickly, we'll I'll get into my usual end of show deal, and then give you the schedule for the rest of the week, and then we'll get to some of these announcements. I always like to read the announcements for the end of the week, and I remember them. So as we wind down, and want to remind you all, just because the show is always, that we have to stop interacting and return to the show. We want to continue letting you know that we want to hear from you. We want your feedback. We want your questions, comments, reactions, suggestions. You want to keep talking to us, want to chat with us about the show, podcasting. Anything like that, you can do all that and more anytime by email, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email us at the support You can follow us on Twitter so you can interact with us. Through the show, all kinds of excellent additional content we produce or post. Just search for the support on Facebook and Twitter to do all that more. You can also keep up with our show on Facebook and Twitter so you can miss an episode or need to check out an episode again for whatever reason or miss a part of episode, whatever the case may be. You can on our Facebook and Twitter. Just search for the support on our Facebook and Twitter. Look through our Facebook posts and our tweets for the. For, Go to our Facebook posts and tweets for the date of the episode you're looking for. On our Facebook or Twitter, that live link is active even after our live broadcast is over. So you can click on that link and listen to the show after the fact. So keep that in mind. So you can look through our Facebook posts, look through our tweets, look for whatever date of the show, uh, show, whatever the date is of the show you're looking for. And on that date, you'll see a link there. Just click on that link and that that link in that Facebook. Into that show. Um, of course, if that doesn't work for you, you can always go to our main host site on speaker.com. Search for the sports and the to our main show page. So if you go to the bottom of our show page, you'll find our episode archive where all of our episodes from all of our episodes, sports, 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 are all there in order from the most recent episode to the oldest. Scroll through the episodes, click on the episode one, and we'll play for you. Also, anytime we have a live broadcast, there'll be a live link at the top of the page for you to click on to access that live broadcast. So, whether it's speaker.com, where our main show page is hosted, or our Facebook or Twitter, those are the ways in which you can keep up with the show, catch up on episodes, you missed a part episode, or if you want to pick an episode again, you can do all that. Listen to missed episodes, you can do all that on Speaker and on our Facebook and Twitter. So, please do keep that in mind. Soon we'll hopefully have an app, which will be the easiest way to listen to live after the fact. But for right now, utilize those resources if you will. Um, sorry, I'm kind of stumbling all over myself because I'm kind of Find my notes on these announcements I want to make. I miss. Oh, there they are. Okay, I was. I was getting a little worried. I'm like, I know I wrote these out. Now I can't find them. I hate when that happens. Like you don't realize what page they're on. Um. So sorry about that, folks. I got a little distracted there for a minute. Um. Schedule. Rest of the week. Tomorrow. Nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully we'll have a good show. Last Thursday wasn't so great. I had kids. My kids were not. Uh, we're not doing so well with me doing a show. Hopefully tomorrow will be better. Well, I, you know, hopefully I'll go to sleep on time and everything will work out. But last week was not pretty. So hopefully it'll go well for us tomorrow. But inside the ring, tomorrow night, 9 o'clock, we'll talk about how the aftermath of it, where WWE goes from here, kind of look at money in the bank. So we're inside the ring for a couple of weeks, so make sure you tune in. Tomorrow night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, and then we'll have another sports for on Friday. Um, and I'm going to um, I want to, uh, we have a, a slight change of plans on Friday. So keep this in mind. Our show on Friday, our show on Friday, okay, will start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Not 2, 1 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. So we're going to start at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We're starting an hour earlier. Obviously, we always start beyond 2 o'clock, but you know what I mean. Why? 
because I have another job that I work, and the other job is starting a little earlier on on, on uh, Friday. So because of that, I have to move everything up. I'll also say this: Friday's show is not going to be very long. Okay, my evening, my, my, I think that's probably going to be about well, I mean, ninety minutes is about what we usually ninety minutes to two hours what we usually run, but. You know, it might, even, it might be on a shorter side of things, so keep that in mind. So that's the situation that's on Friday. So again, rules, time change. Friday show, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So make sure you note that. Um, next week. Next week will be a normal week. Um, I was thinking about starting the summer schedule next week. We are not going to do that. We are going to have a summer schedule. But that summer schedule, I, I talked about it with some people that I, I always go through. They've been with me for years as far as with my podcast. So they gave me some great advice. They said, don't start the summer schedule until the end of the month. Because, you know, you could play it into September right, to put more season starts and make more sense. Plus, I don't have a reason to really shorten the schedule this month. Next week should be a normal week for me. The week after should be a normal week, too. So there's really no reason to do it. So why not kind of get through June? You know, when things kind of really quiet down, the NBA is done, hockey's done that, makes sense to start the schedule. So, next week will be a normal week. We'll have sports friends Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 2 o'clock, 10 Eastern time. There'll be no inside the ring next week. So, next week will be, you know, three shows. That's kind of already kind of short. You know, we all know by now we don't get inside the ring every week. So, um, next week, only three shows. Excuse me. But you are, you know, you used to. Like when we don't have inside the ring, it's always three shows. Um, so next week, three shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, four, two o'clock and seven. We'll probably do that the week after as well. Um, and then the week, last week of June, we'll probably do the sports right same month. Uh, we'll probably, well, I think it's a tentative plan for right now. We'll have sports friends on Monday and Wednesday, and then we'll do inside the ring. I'll do Tuesday or Thursday of that week, but we'll be previewing money in the bank. Because that'll be on Fourth of July weekend. We will not have a show on Friday, July first. That's probably when we start our summer schedule. We'll start right at that time, on, right around the end of June, July. Um, we'll have a show on Friday the first because that's Fourth of July weekend, and obviously Monday the fourth we won't have a show here. So kind of same situation on Memorial Day. You know, we'll have a Monday, Wednesday, Sports Week the week before. Um, we'll do inside the ring like Thursday, either Tuesday or Thursday night that week, and then the week after that. We won't have a show on Monday. We'll do inside the spring on either Tuesday or Thursday of that week after 4th of July. And then we'll probably do on Wednesday and Friday of that week. And then after that, we'll see what happens. But that that's just a general idea of what's going to come in the next couple of weeks here. If you move into, firmly into summer and the 4th of July and all that. All right, so that's the schedule information. Now, what you've all been waiting for, all this stuff that we've been talking about, because I, you all, you've been saying you're going to be doing trial runs of twice and they've been nothing. And I know. Here's the deal. Um, I was going to do twice stuff during the finals. And I opted not to do it. Why? Because, well, we were going to start at four to finals. And I opted not to do it. Why? Well, A, the finals games haven't been worth doing it. But B, I didn't want to, I, I'm still unsure about how the whole copyright thing works. Up. I didn't want to jeopardize it. So I decided not to do that. We're going to bypass that. So here's what we're going to do. We are still planning to do a trial Twitch run. I'm trying to do this at a night when I have people that can come on with me. I don't want to be me 
talking. I want to be able to get people on, whether it's my co-host Mike or even some of you out there. So planning that has been kind of problematic as well. So I'm hoping that this weekend, that, that this weekend or early next week, we can get a trial kind of run. Um, I'll let you, obviously, like I've been telling you, if we do anything like that, pay attention to our Facebook and Twitter, we'll let you know, or if we know in advance when exactly we're going to do it, we'll let you know on the show. But right now, I don't exactly know what damage I know we're going to do it. Here's the thing. We, because we're probably not going to do this in conjunction with the files officially, it's, you know, I'm not in any rush to do these trials quick ones. I'm just not. Because, honestly, you're Going on, like come fall when there's a lot more sports stuff going on than they are now. So that's one of the reasons why we're starting these things now and going through the summer with them because we can test them out and do all these things and kind of learn what we want to do or not do. But even though we're going to premiere with this song, I also want to work out any kinks. I know it's not going to be perfect to start. So sometime over this next week or so, I'm hoping that we can get the Twitch thing going. At the end of June, we can start some kind of official, like, Twitch kind of thing, okay? So, that's a work in progress, so look up for more updates on that. Once we start that, all the other stuff falls in place, the app, all of it. Now, one other thing that we want to start doing more of, I like the interactivity, and even though with the, even with the Twitch, even though we're going to be doing the Twitch thing, I still want to be able to do things like Facebook Live and all that stuff. And I want to get a YouTube presence going, too. So one of the things you're going to start to see, and we're going to try to do it this weekend. In a lot of ways, these things might be kind of like um, previews of what we're going to try to do with Twitch. I don't know. Um, you're going to start to see these exclusive, I, I, I'm, not instant reactions, but maybe... I want to start to do these videos, topic-driven videos. Okay. You might even do it on Twitter in the spaces. Um, so, so basically, what we want to do is these would be focused on a particular topic. Um, probably sports, wrestling. But we all, another thing we want to do, too, is we want to start to go back we used to have an entertainment 411 show, which we, we pretty much ended. I want to start to bridge back into that because there was a part of our audience that still liked that show. And I if, and if anybody still liked that show and kind of stopped listening, maybe because they were like, oh, that was the only show I've ever liked. Uh, I want to try to reach out and bring them back. So we might start to do some entertainment stuff, maybe with some maybe YouTube videos, Twitter spaces, Facebook stuff. So look out for things like that. We might kind of do some stuff. Um, I let you all know. Um, but these videos would be very topic driven. So, like, find something that's interesting that's in the news, either from the sports world or wrestling world. Or if we, we got to do branch back off into entertainment from the entertainment world and just kind of discuss it. And then, and then what we're going to do is we're going to see how people respond to these. And maybe what we'll do is we'll do the, we'll ask for people's opinions on what we should talk about or focus on. And then have that. And decide the topics for these videos or these, these, these um, um, special segments, if you will. Um, again, 
Sometimes this would cover things maybe that we even talk about on the show, on the sports or whatever, but a little bit more in depth. But sometimes we go, we do your stuff on here, and we, we kind of just, gro we don't gloss over, but we kind of go over it really super quick. And the problem with that is we end up, you know, not being as in-depth or maybe not giving something as do. And I want to, I, I don't, you know, I really want to start to be a little bit better about that kind of stuff. Um, and I also think that this can lead to more people. You know, you, the idea is you want to start to have more and more presence on, on a lot more platforms. That's how you get more audience. That's how you get more interest. So we're trying to reach as many people as possible and get people, you know, interested in what we're doing and, and you know, and what we provide and all that. So, um, but also we, you know, we, we're a small effort here. We don't have a, really a budget or anything like that. So it's kind of hard to work within that confines. But anyway, that's something to look, look for. We're going to be, you know, maybe this weekend you'll start to see some of those pop up. Uh, depends on, you know, if I can get anybody to do it with me or, that's the thing. I don't want to just be me because you hear enough from me. Um, so I want to be able to interact with somebody or you know, and kind of go back and forth and have a very interesting uh, discussion because um, that's that's what we want to do. We want it to be interesting. We don't want it to be boring. So, so you can look out for stuff like that. But that's some of the, that's kind of some of the newer stuff that we're kind of thinking about doing. So look out for that stuff. Um, um, and like I said. You know, so much is based off the Twitch thing, right? So once we get that going, the Instagram page, all, all the stuff, other stuff will fall into place, the app on. We want to launch all of it all at once because we don't want everything to kind of be like, oh, here, we're going to start this, we're going to start this. Because that, that's a little too, that's a little too herky-jerky, if you will. So, so uh, like I said, everything's going to fall into place around the Twitch thing once we get that going, and then we'll have this other stuff going on, too. So we'll be kind of coming at people from all sides, and that will help grow us, I think, and get more people interested and tuning in and all that kind of stuff. So um, so that's where we stand on number this. Um, I know that's not as specific as maybe you hoped. I was going to announce a couple dates, um, but then I decided that um, one of the dates that I was going to announce today, I already had to back off on because I realized that we're probably not going to be able to do a show that day anyway. So why announce that day and then feel like, because I wanted to do this on the same day as we did a show because I was going to do like some kind of counter promotion or hype for it during the show. So make sure it gets the best number possible. So, but then I realized we're probably not going to do the show that day. So why, why bother doing this? So that was going to be the big, that was going to be the date that I was going to announce. Um, but ultimately, I just, it just didn't work out. So, so that's, so when I said date, that was really only one date, but it doesn't work out anyway. So, but uh, we will keep you updated and, uh, with more information. Uh, like I said, you, you know, you might see us try a couple of things over the next couple of days into the weekend. And then as we go through here, you know, it'll be a lot of trial by error, but then you'll start, we'll, we'll kind of, start launching things very slow, uh, not really slowly, but we'll start launching things and everything will just start to come together, I think, um, pretty naturally. It's not going to be what people think. Um,
Sorry, folks. I had, to, I had to blow my nose on here. I don't usually do that. I usually wait, but I think it's bad radio to keep hearing me sniffle. My allergies, the pollen in the air right now is horrible. Um, but I think everything's just going to kind of come together over the next couple of weeks naturally. It won't be like something that comes out of nowhere. You know, we will have a couple of test runs and then we'll just kind of premiere. Um, and then we'll kind of, you know, maybe we'll have, it'd be like a soft opening, if you will. And then we'll have a big opening. You know, maybe come fall or something when everything we've kind of worked out all the kinks and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but everything's still a go. Nothing's been changed. Nothing like that. Everything's still a go. But obviously, it's happening slow. And I think people maybe thought it was going to happen a lot faster. But we don't want to rush this. We want to do everything right. And want we want to do right by the audience too. So, uh, so keep being patient with us. Thank you for sticking with us. And I, you know, these things are all going to be good once we get them going. Just that it's not you know something that you want to rush either. So. But anyway, that's the update, if you will. Maybe not as specific as some people thought it would be, but it's the update nonetheless. Um, and that's it for today. So, again, scheduled for the rest of the week. Inside the ring tomorrow night, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Sports Sprint Friday, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Again, not 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time Friday. Different time, an hour earlier. So make sure you tune in. It'll be a big show. You don't want to miss it. That's the schedule for the rest of the week. Folks. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us and for your continued support. We do appreciate it. Um, thank you for bearing me with my runny nose. Um, thank you, allergy season. Um, again, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you back here tomorrow night for Inside the Ring, 9 o'clock Eastern Time, the Sports Print Friday at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Have a good one, everyone.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.